You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Shifting now, I've kind of lumped the defensive line and edge together because we've got some teams to play 3-4, some teams to play 4-3, and it was getting a little too messy to try and sort all that out. So, I'll save that- you some time. Chicago's fourth. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> we just talked about their defensive front. I have no idea how that team is going to rush the passer. or stop. I guess Justin Jones is on that team, and he exists, so there's him. I found out about him, yeah, when he started talking about Packers fans. <laughs> but uh, all right, so we've got we've got Green Bay with Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark, T.J. Slayton, Devontae Wyatt. Chicago has Demarcus Walker, Andrew Billings, Justin Jones, and then Travis Gibson. Minnesota has Dean Lowry, uh, Kyrus Tonga. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot they got him. Daniil Den- Hunter, Marcus Davenport, Harrison Phillips, and then Detroit has Aiden Hutchinson, Isaiah Bugs, Aline McNeil, and John Kaminsky. So. There's some stars there, obviously, Rashawn Gary, Aiden Hutchinson, but as holistic units. Yeah, it's strange because I think defensive line, like the interior, could be one of Green Bay's biggest weaknesses going into 2023. And I still think they're the best group. Um, and that is largely due to Rashawn Gary, uh, who I I mean, I've, I've talked about him a bunch, but I mean, I'm not saying anything that most people don't know at this point. He's a star. And I know... Uh, he's coming off an injury and maybe this year won't be his, you know, top, top return to form, but he's a star. It's odd year Preston Smith year. That has matters mattered. He's talked about it. And even if it's, even if he's a declining Preston Smith, he's still pretty rock solid. It's amazing how, you know, for when we talk about that free agent class that Gutekunst brought in with both Smith's Amos and Turner, I think at one point or another, we've kind of argued for, all four of them at one point or another as who was the best one of that group, just based on how they've done in different spots. And it's interesting how Zadarius Smith clearly had the biggest impact in that short period of time. But I think Preston Smith overall has turned out, I mean, he's still here, which Zadarius Smith, none of the other guys are. So I think that's turned out to be a really good investment. You didn't mention Lucas Van Ness, but he's somebody who I think is going to play a, play True. a factor so as well. New. But, but he's new. So I understand that. I think they're the best group. Uh, long story short with that. Kenny Clark is a stud. Um, that's not saying Devontae Wyatt was first round pick. I've got some high hopes for him. TJ Slayton is a, a, a capable player. I think it's at least possible to see him as a capable defensive lineman. I think Detroit is number two with a slight edge over Minnesota just because they've got those run pluggers uh, in the middle. Isaiah Bugs certainly. Aiden Hutchinson um, was the number two pick in the draft. And by the end of the year, Matt, were you at the Lions game or were you – at home watching on TV. I was home watching with my child. So okay. thank God so, I was not there. Yeah. So it's easier, I think, to see some things like that on TV just because the the camera kind of follows the ball versus that. But I was paying attention to that. And I felt like by the end of that Packers game, like you could feel him smell blood and like <laughs> just chasing after Aaron Rodgers. He got home. He got a, what should have been a strip sack. They didn't end up calling it that, whatever. But um, I obviously love him. It was uh, 
I nearly named my son after Aiden Hutchinson. Um, my wife did not approve of that, so we didn't end up doing that. But I, I thought about it. It was certainly uh, in the finalist for me, so we didn't do that. Minnesota is third because um, I told you earlier that Chicago is fourth. Marcus Davenport is fine. There's some trade rumors surrounding Daniel Hunter, which again, I yeah, we'll see. No idea what Minnesota's doing if they do that, but okay, he's really good. Um, you know, the middle Harrison Phillips. Uh, you mentioned who's the other? Oh, Dean Lowry. Yep. <laughs> I love Dean. He's from my hometown. I saw him play in high school. He had some nice years with the Packers, but like, I, I don't want him being a starter for. I was going like, to say even, he's going to get pressed into some big time starting snaps. And even if he's at his peak, I don't like on this version of the Packers where like I think they're starting Wyatt and and Slayton and stuff like that. Him as a rotational interior rusher kind of thing would be fine. I don't want him starting. I don't want him taking on double teams. I don't want him gapping. Nothing like that. So, but they get third uh, and Chicago. Those names you mentioned all feel like guys that you just made up as we were talking. So. Did <laughs> they did draft Zach Pickens and Gervin Dexter uh, for some of that as well, some depth there. And I but, did like Dexter, again, so yeah. he's. I mean, he's good. He's a nice piece for them, but he's a rookie. A rookie defensive linemen are almost always not very good. Like it's that is the tight end of, of the defense. defense. Yeah, because it just takes a while for those guys to to kind of find pass rushers a little different because it's easier. But defensive linemen, because you're just in defensive linemen in college are kind of roly poly, and now you have to build them into being like men it took a while for kenny clark to get there for example um as a just a quick aside i was bad at math originally chicago actually had 10 points instead of 11 on the offensive side of the ball so before anybody yells at me on twitter i've corrected it chicago was at 10 points um instead of 11 so uh that has been corrected let's move to inside linebackers i just took the the top two for these i know like chicago probably will use three quite a bit more um green bay we've got devondre campbell and quay walker chicago has their huge investment from free agency tj edwards and tremaine edmonds uh minnesota jordan hicks and brian osmoa and then detroit has alex anzalone and jack campbell a, a rookie pick so thoughts on this one i think I think we're probably in agreement that Green Bay is is top here, unless you give the nod to Chicago's investments. I do because do Quay you? Walker, yeah, as my, I, and I do like Quay, um, and I do think I'm kind of bullish on him for this year. But going on what I know, what I know about him is he did not play great for most of last year. As he was learning on the fly, that's to be expected. Uh, the maturity issue is a big one. Uh, yes. Getting kicked, getting like I feel like as a Packer fan, like sometimes we kind of brush aside that he got kicked out of let's go. Oh, I got kicked out of two games. Like, well, like that's a lot. <laughs> no, he got kicked out of two games. Like, and for shoving non, like not for something that you could be like, it was an accident. It was like non-dressed person. Like it was just yeah, dumb attacks. So um, I do have Chicago at one okay. here just cause yeah. Uh, Edmonds and or Edwards and Edmonds. Um, both of them, I think are, are really good players. Um, again, Maybe not worth the investment and the money that Chicago had, but that's not really what we're doing here. Uh, but Green Bay is, is close to number two. I think Campbell, I, I do think Campbell has a chance to rebound. Uh, I agree. To find somewhere as a middle ground between, like he's probably not the all pro player he was in 2021, but he's not, I don't think he played bad last year, but he wasn't as good in 22. He'll and find Clay that. Walker will make him better if he can get his own act together. Right. And if Dre doesn't have to like babysit him, that helps him like right. be able to play a little more as well. So that helps. I love Jack Campbell, um, but he's done nothing to justify that position. So again, we're talking like who's the best player of the next four guys. That's Jordan Hicks. So Agreed. I've got Minnesota third 
in that case. And then I do think Detroit by the end of the year, because Campbell's a guy who he's again, he's not going to be, it's kind of similar to the Jameer Gibbs thing. We just talked about earlier. He's not going to be worth the 18th pick or whatever it was. Campbell ended up going in the draft, but I do think he's going to be a good player. And I mean, tell me that guy doesn't fit Dan Campbell's Detroit Lions. Like it's almost perfect, right? It really is. Um, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Chicago, you know, they invested very, very heavily in that middle of their defense. Um, and I don't make the rules either, but like, you know, the same way Green Bay does with like receivers or quarterbacks is like, it's almost like they put on that helmet and they become better than what they really are. Chicago does that with linebackers. That's a good point. That's I mean, they forever and ever, it's almost surprising to see when they don't have good players at that position. All right, getting into the secondary here. We've got two groups left. We're going to take the corners first. Green Bay has Jair one. Alexander. <laughs> right. Just Jair one. Alexander, <laughs> Rasul Douglas, and Keyshawn Nixon. Obviously, Eric Stokes rehabbing from his injury still. Chicago, Jalen Johnson, Tyreek Stevenson, the rookie, Kyler Gordon. Uh, Minnesota has Makai Blackman, Caleb Evans, and Byron Murphy. And then Detroit really overhauled their cornerback room as well. Emmanuel Mosley, Cameron Sutton, and CJ Gardner-Johnson. Yeah, so Green Bay's won with a bullet. Uh, Jair Alexander is one of the 50 best players in the NFL, not just at his position. He's one of the like three best players at his position. Uh, Rasul Douglas, I feel like kind of in a similar boat as Devondre Campbell where like he wasn't as good as he was in 2021, but he was never going to be as good as that, but he's still a really solid player. And he's a guy who like late in the game, if there's somebody that I need to make a play, I feel pretty good about him being the one to make it. Yeah, uh, you know, like the, the interception he had, it didn't end up mattering, but like against the Titans, that was a big one. Um, the interception against Miami to seal that game. That was like uh Hey, throw me the ball and watch what I do with it kind of thing uh, makes the play that way. So uh, you mentioned Stokes as a guy who's on the bench. That was the 29th overall pick two years ago. And I think Keyshawn Nixon is a guy who he's never been given the opportunity to be more than just a special teams player, but I like the idea of him as their nickel uh, because he's a little bit bigger than say any, like he's quicker than, than, Rasul Douglas laterally, but he's bigger than someone like Jair Alexander. If they were to throw him in the slot to be a alley run defender kind of thing. Now, Justin Fields did make him look silly on a particular play last year where he scored a touchdown. Like they had it schemed up perfect where Nixon's one-on-one with him Fields shakes him and he scores. So I'd like to see that cleaned up. But whenever he got opportunities last year to play corner, like the bucks game, I remember Alexander leaves and we're kind of like, Oh man, Keyshawn Nixon's in the game. We have no idea what that looks like. And he was, player of the game or one of the guys that was like, you know, right there on the short list of player of the game. Um, so I really like green Bay's cornerback group. And that even gets into some of the later portions of the depth chart, but we haven't, we're not going to go into that obviously. So um, after that, Minnesota's fourth, like, <laughs> I mean, sorry guys, but I think Chicago, Chicago has an opportunity to displace Detroit, but I think Detroit has enough. Like Jalen Johnson's the best player of these six guys that we're talking about, but Gardner Johnson, Mosley, and Sutton both have higher floors than like the rookie that you mentioned and Kyler Gordon. So that to me causes that flip to where Detroit is now two and then Chicago's three. Yeah, I I like the overhaul that Detroit gave their secondary. I especially with Jeff Akuda, like he was not you know get him greener pasture somewhere you know cut your losses and then see what you've got with this this investment i thought that cj Gardner johnson is going to be really fun in the nickel for them so 
well, you know, I guess fun is subjective depending on who you ask. Fun if you're a, a Lions fan. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll take Packers with four points, Lions three points, Chicago with two, and then the Vikings with one point. So let's round this out with the safeties. My final reminder to everyone listening, these are the R-Lads depth charts. So everything that we think is going to potentially, you know, shake out with this depth chart, it's not what we have right now. Right now on the depth chart, we have Darnell Savage and Rudy Ford as Green Bay's starting tandem. I don't think that's necessarily what we see week one, especially given, you know, the Jonathan Owens edition, things like that. But for the sake of the exercise, Darnell Savage and Rudy Ford, Chicago's got Jaquan Brisker and Eddie Jackson. Minnesota has Harrison Smith and Cameron Bytum. And then Detroit has every Packer fans, Nightmare Kirby Joseph and Tracy Walker. Man, that's tough because it feels like every team has like, like Chicago, for example, you mentioned Jaquan Brisker and Eddie Jackson. And it's like Eddie Jackson, Eddie Jackson's not as good as the contract he got, but he's still a good player. Brisker's a rookie who had some nice moments. He also had some whoa moments, which is pretty normal for a rookie defensive back. Um, I think it's hard to put Green Bay anywhere other than fourth on this list, though. Darnell Savage, I, I am hanging on as it's me and Mike Kawano are probably, and <laughs> the Packers, Brian Gutekunst and everybody there is hanging on as the last group of people hanging on to Darnell Savage. But I mean, the reality is it just, I, I mean, we talked about this a bunch, you know, the end of that 2020 season where he was just lights out. I'm like, I thought green Bay had the next star at that position and it hasn't worked out that way. Didn't play as well in 2021 and was, Apparently going through some stuff, according to Matt LaFleur, but like horrendous in 2022. So hopefully all of those things are, are cleaned up personally. Obviously, we want that first and foremost. But I, I got a hard time putting them higher than fourth. Um, I think I'm debating. Like, I feel like whoever I don't put at one ends up at three. So like Minnesota gets two because Harrison Smith raises their floor. And even if Harrison Smith is kind of washed up, I think that he still raises. Are you saying two as in? They're the second team or the yes. Okay. Yeah. So they're my number two of this group, but then it's like with Chicago and Detroit, I I think I'm putting Detroit one Okay. because, and maybe I'm basing that off Kirby Joseph having the games of his life against the Packers, (laughs) Tracy Walker, just again, a little bit higher of a floor than what Jaquan Brisker showed as a rookie. And again, by the end of the year, I think this could very easily change Eddie Jackson. I think is a really good player. I don't think he's as good even now as Harrison Smith and, and Brisker has had some nice moments, but I can't, I can't do, I can't do the thing yet. We're like, again, we're not using projection. If I was using projection, then I would have had nicer things to say earlier about like Christian Watson, for example. Um, and I like Brisker. I liked him in college comes from a, you know, Penn State's had some nice moments with some of their DBs and stuff that have come out. Um, and I think he fits that defense relatively well, but I just, I can't, I can't push him over um, the top just yet. Yeah, I I think we're in agreement here. Um, so this is this is really fun. I I went through while you were kind of talking that last bit. Did all of our tallies? It's close, and I think that's kind of what we were expecting. If you look at these rosters on paper, I think the NFC North is wide open. I also think that it's possible that nine and eight wins you the division this year, but I could see pretty much any of these teams going 11 and six or most of them going seven and 10. So, I mean, they're what, let me just, I don't know if you were keeping track at all in your head, but on paper and kind of 
during the exercise, is there a team you think has won based on the scores we've assigned? I would guess that it's between Detroit and Green Bay. Um, I'm thinking now, I think Green Bay has more like number ones, if you will, than what Detroit. I'm trying to think where did, I don't even know if we gave Detroit a number. Oh, we gave Detroit's offensive line a number one. But other than that, and I don't think safeties. they. Just now. Oh yeah. We just, okay. Yeah. I just did that. <laughs> so I suppose uh, my short term memory is great. Um, okay. But green Bay quarterback. Like, quarterback too. Oh, that one barely counts though. <laughs> <laughs> green Bay got corner. I know they got um, defensive line and I know they got uh, running back. So that probably, but I would guess it's between those two. Yeah. So in, in dead last, we have the Chicago bears with 19 points. Um, third, we have the Vikings with 23 points. And then in first place, we have a tie. The Packers and oh, the Lions wow. have 24 points. So it really, it was really close. It was 24, 24, 23, 19, which I think, honestly, if you asked unbiased fans, what their opinions were, this might be how it shook out. If you had to ask for a, a ranking on paper purely. Yeah. I think if I had like, I mean, granted, it's like you said, it's June 28th. A lot of things can change. I think if I had to project it out as to how I think the standings are going to finish, I think the only thing I would do is maybe flip Minnesota and Chicago. Um, And I could see it even like Chicago, like Chicago can improve by three wins this year and they still only win six games. Like they were horrible last year. And I think, some of the bears hype needs to have the brakes pumped on it solely because like, I know Adam rank is a bears fan. I know that's his shtick, blah, blah, blah. But projecting the bears to win 12 games next year, that's nine more games than they won a season ago. Like to me, that is absolutely wild for any team to have that level of turnaround for that. Didn't have their starting quarterback injured the season before their roster is still at least a year away. And that's assuming that the quarterback turns out the way they think, hope, pray that he is. Um, but Minnesota to me, we just mentioned the weirdness of their, their roster building. They might have the worst defense in the NFL. Um, and that's, that's tough. Cause they were not very good last year. I think they can like your selling point for them is they're trying to win games on the, the arm of Kirk Cousins throwing passes to Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson and that Jordan Addison's a rookie of the year candidate kind of thing. But I could very easily see them finishing last. I could see them. I think their ceiling is like nine wins though. Like, I don't know how they're not going to have the same luck that they did a year ago. And, or at least it's extremely unlikely that they do. And they're less talented. You know, they don't have like Zedarius Smith for all the things that he is still a very good pass rusher. Yeah. And, you know, if you're ahead and built to be ahead like the Vikings were, you want Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith chasing the quarterback, not Daniel Hunter and Marcus Davenport. And <laughs> right. Like, I mean, Z, if I could promise that Z has been like brainwashed and forgotten that everything that's happened over the last three years, I'd take him back in Green Bay tomorrow. Absolutely. You know, he's a really good pass rusher. I just he's scary with Miles Garrett, but that's a that's a story for another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how much I like. That's like kind of what I do in this dead zone is how much do I like some of these teams? I'm trying to figure out how much I like the Browns because I feel like they're really, really well built outside of the obvious caveat of the reason like everyone wants to root against them kind of thing. (laughs) But I don't mean to laugh. It's not funny, but you guys get the deal. Um, Anyways, Minnesota is just tough. And, you know, Green Bay is the wild card here because it's kind of the reason this season is as exciting as it is for Packer fans, because Mm -hmm. there's an unknown, you know, it's not, 
for the last 15 years, we could say, well, we got Aaron Rodgers. That's good for probably 10 wins by itself. And then whatever happens from there, you know, kind of thing. I mean, I think we've talked about this before. I don't think this is likely, but three and 14 is on the table. Like that's possible. And that Absolutely just wasn't, not. and that just wasn't possible if Aaron Rodgers was a quarterback. <laughs> right. Um, and so is 12 and five. Like if Jordan love just steps in and it's a seamless transition, he has the talent, like the talent that he has and his arm ability, his outcomes are basically like, and I'm going to get flack for saying this because I, I don't mean this guy specifically, but like Mahomes, which to a lesser degree, obviously Mahomes is already an all-time great and he might be on the Mount Rushmore quarterbacks or like Drew Locke. Like those are the outcomes between, <laughs> between him. So he's, there is no, to me, there is no scenario where Jordan Love ends up being at his, you know, this year, maybe not, but Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, someone like that. Like, I don't think there is the middling quarterback option for, for Jordan Love, which is good because I think Green Bay needs to know by the end of this year, we either got our guy or we're drafting Caleb Williams. Like those are the two <laughs> things that I'm, I know that's kind of a weird and a very wide range of outcomes, but I think Green Bay is the wild card. And I think Detroit is like the darling, but I'm not quite sure that they've earned that yet. Like I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're a disappointing nine and eight division champion. And we're all excited because the lions made the playoffs for the first time in however long. And then they get smashed by the road team Dallas Cowboys because the Cowboys got the five seed because the Eagles were the best team in the conference or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, on pack a day, Kyle and Andrew and I always go through every year and, and break down the opponent rosters in like specific detail, free agent additions, losses, draft class, coaching changes. And as we were doing, you know, the lions preview, it's, it's not, I don't want to say it's not impressive because the turnaround that Dan Campbell has made has been huge and you can't understate the impact that he's had. Like, yeah, but are you buying culture. there? Can you but, buy, are you buying that long-term? Well, that's what I mean. It's not right. as significant when you look at these things on paper. I don't see them. It's cool that they're opening the NFL season with the Chiefs, but they're gonna can they hang? Raced. Like that's a good like, question. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think that's the intrigue of that, though, right? So, like, you still get the opportunity to later in the year do the Super Bowl rematch against the Eagles, and I think what they put New Year's Eve is when they play the Bengals. So that game could very easily decide home field advantage. I understand the logic. Cause like, yeah, can they hang if they can't, then, you know, the opening night game for the Super Bowl champion is kind of supposed to be a celebration of them and a coronation anyways. Yeah. Uh, the Rams apparently didn't get the memo last year as they got boat raced by the bills, but that's usually how it's supposed to be. So I am, I do understand why they did that. I just, I don't know. It's the lions. And like, maybe I'm just conditioned to think that. And I just can't fully buy into a team that is coached by Dan Campbell and quarterbacked by Jared Goff. I just can't do it. <laughs> I think that's fair, but I think, I think that's a good place to to hang it up for tonight. Um, we'll see again, we're doing this on June 28th. Um, if you love this, if you thought it was fun, let us know if you hated it, or if you would rank the position groups differently, feel free to let us know that as well. It would be fun to revisit this when the position groups are determined to see kind of what the, these depth charts look like. Obviously some things might change. We're going to have different safeties. We think for the Packers, for example, so could assign points differently based on what that looks like. But Jacob, before we wrap up, thank you so much for joining me. Um, and tell everybody where they can find your work if they don't already follow you. 
Sure. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westendorf. I tweet a lot. Um, and that's where a vast majority of things go. Everything else is in my bio. I'm doing some stuff for Packer Report. Uh, and I don't know when this is coming out, I guess. But yeah, some probably uh, new tomorrow. Stuff. So the, the 29th. Oh, sure. Okay. So some new stuff on the uh, the horizon here for soon. We'll see what that is and when. Okay. That's exciting. I, I love a good uh, cliffhanger on the podcast. You can find the podcast on Twitter at PWSS podcast. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Um, I believe there's still time to donate to the Tom Grassi 30 and 30 for St. Jude. So if you have not done that and you have the means, um, even if you can't donate financially, um, just sharing it out would be fantastic. He is doing something incredible, raising all of that money uh, for St. Jude. So please support him in his endeavor if you're able to do that. But thank you as always for listening to the show. Thank you again, Jacob, for joining me and go pack go. 2400 sports is an odyssey company. 